Welcome to JAG Talk, a podcast series featuring Navy JAG community experts. Listen to in-depth discussions about different legal fields and hear insights and lessons learned from practitioners across our enterprise. Chapter 3, Innovation in the JAG Community. Welcome to our podcast, Innovation in the JAG Community. I'm Patty Babb, the OJAG Public Affairs Officer. I'm joined today by my fellow members of the OJAG Innovation Council, Captain Matt Barron, Director of Code 67, Technology Operations and Plans, Mr. Sean O'Rourke, Chief Knowledge Officer, Commander Scott Thomas from Strategic Planning, and Commander Dave Melson from Knowledge Management. We are missing one important member of our team, Commander Dan Werner from Naval Justice School, who unfortunately couldn't join us today. But thank you, everyone, for taking part in this podcast. I'm going to get started with the first question and direct it to you, Commander Thomas, to take the lead. So the first question for our podcast is, what is the purpose of the Innovation Council and why was it formed? I suspect many of our listeners are not familiar with the Innovation Council and want to better understand what it is, what it does, and who's on it. Okay, Patty, thank you. Uh, a little bit of background first. Uh, back in January of 2015, the Secretary of the Navy set up something called Task Force Innovation in order to help energize the culture of innovation and connect isolated pockets across the Department of the Navy. Um, and we've all heard the CNO has discussed innovation at many levels as well. And that brings us sort of to the JAG community. We've been doing innovation for years. Admiral Crawford has spoken about innovation in our community many times via blog posts, town hall meetings, DCS meetings, and as part of the recent introspection event. So we know innovation is taking part in many places in our community. That said, much of this innovation is only seen at the local, at the command level. But in order for us to truly take advantage of these great ideas, we must not only recognize that these innovative ideas are happening and see them, but we need to share them and develop them in order to reach their full potential. And that's where the Innovation Council comes in. As Patty mentioned earlier, the Innovation Council was formed last fall, and its members are currently the PAO shop, Code 67, KM, NJS, and SASP. However, we're still in the early stages, and in the coming months, we'll likely add some new members. We were designed in order, to, in order to help identify those areas of innovation and share them with the JAG community. Not only that, but the Innovation Council works with the SECNAV's Office of Strategy and Innovation. And as we identify innovative ideas and concepts, we'll work with the SECNAV office in order to uh, hopefully obtain funding for some of these great ideas. And finally, since we're centered in D.C., I like to say sort of close to the JAG flagpole, we're positioned closely with our own JAG community budget team in order to secure funding for innovative concepts. That was seen last year when Code 67 worked with Rilso Yurafswa in order to utilize some end-of-year funding in order to develop some innovative concepts in that AOR, and hopefully we might be able to share those with other areas of the community. We, we need to remember that the concept of innovation is not going away. And as we move forward, the Innovation Council will work with all of you to help bring your innovative ideas to life. And these ideas will not only benefit the JAG community, but they'll benefit the customers that we serve. That's all I got, Patty. Well, thank you so much. If I can add briefly from PAO's perspective, 
one of the reasons I sit on the council is because I am here to amplify good news about innovation. So I'm here to publicize in whatever way um, I can those local stories, Commander Thomas, that you identified, making sure people are aware of the good stuff happening out in our commands, um, and maybe they see something that sparks an idea or they see something that they can adapt for their own needs. Um, so I'm here to amplify the good news stories um, that are taking place, and to also push out Admiral Crawford's messages about innovation and to show the community what a high priority it is for him. Did anyone else want to add to that question, to that answer? Patty, I'll just add from uh, the KM perspective, too, there, there's a lot of, lot of corollary and, and overlap here. Uh, when knowledge management was stood up, we identified innovation in our KM strategy as, as a priority to focus on. And where it aligns is with KM, we work to uh, identify solutions and ideas at the, the very uh, lowest level, the point of use of that knowledge or information, where it's born or where it's applied. And then the KM team, our focus is to identify those and then scale them across the organization where it makes sense. In the same vein, the Innovation Council, part of our purpose, is to identify those innovative ideas, those, those targets of opportunity, and then help to scale them across the organization so that they can grow beyond being a water cooler idea or a really local uh, cool, cool solution that was implemented at a small scale, and that everybody across the organization can benefit from it. So I think that's part of the task and purpose of the Innovation Council, uh, and hopefully we'll find increasing opportunities and ways to do that. Wonderful. Um, I actually want to direct my second question to you, Mr. O'Rourke, which is, uh, what is JAG Crunch and why is it important? We're recording this podcast during the week in which JAG Crunch was announced, um, and this podcast will be released in the in the next few weeks, uh, just to reinforce um, the JAG Crunch message and to remind folks why we think this is an exciting new initiative and why. It's important as we move forward. So I wanted to turn it over to you, Mr. O'Rourke, to talk a little bit about JAG Crunch. What was the genesis uh, for this initiative? Genesis of this initiative, and why is it so important? No, great segue. Um, and yeah, JAG Crunch is something I, I think we're all very excited about. Um, you know, it was kind of a merge of a couple of different things as, as JTS planning was, was underway and, and Captain Barron was spearheading that. Uh, of course, Captain Barron, uh, you know, was a, a pivotal, um, you know, expert in, in standing up knowledge management as well. Um, we were, were always looking for, for new ways and new ideas to use and leverage existing activities and events and uh, really accomplish what, what the JAG's uh, strategic priorities are. And where things like JTS and, and other events like that have been focused on sort of a one-way dissemination of information, we really wanted to take and leverage that uh, sort of culmination and bring together of people uh, to achieve some of his, his focus and priorities and, and strategy and, and innovation and knowledge management, those sort of things. So I think the Insights blog and the event outline uh, that are available on the portal uh, really spell it out pretty well. But in a nutshell, uh, this is an open competition it's designed to spark and recognize some of the really great ideas that, that we know are out there. Uh, everyone has their own unique experiences and perspective, and those are what lead to those new and innovative ideas uh, that can transform how we work. 
But in order to tap into those, we wanted to create a forum and motivating mechanism to hear them and, and sort of uh, pull them out from across the community um, and, and share them with everybody. So we borrowed the term crunch from the tech industry, where, where these events have been conducted in, in many different formats for years, uh, primarily to give innovative business models and, and entrepreneurs a forum to demonstrate their products or ideas in a competitive model and attract recognition and investment. So in the same vein, uh, we're aiming to do the same thing here by recognizing and investing in the best of those ideas. Uh, a couple important notes on that, that this is not just about technology, and we're, we're really uh, trying to get that across, that innovation can come in so many different flavors, including processes and policies, uh, programs, personnel, organizational structure, you name it, the sky is the limit there. And our hope is that even those ideas that don't make it to JTS or beyond will still have merit and give us something to work on implementing. And that's part of what I think the Innovation Council is looking for. We want to have sort of this, this depth and bench of different ideas that, that can be focused on and implemented uh, to whatever degree makes sense. So I hope that folks out there who are listening and considering proposing something for JagCrunch, uh, but maybe think that their idea isn't quite grand enough, that they'll still submit a proposal because I think that there's going to be opportunities to implement not just the winners or the, the top ideas, uh, but those good ideas that are in all sizes, shapes, and colors uh, going forward. Uh, so we're really excited about it and uh, looking forward to, to sort of having fun with it as well. Um, I, I think that uh, that's part of this is to make it sort of informal, that, that messy aspect of innovation and, um, you know, kind of get some folks on stage that have some really great ideas and have a lot of fun. I wanted to turn it over then to Captain Barron um, and ask kind of a, a tricky question, a more nebulous question, but one that I think is important because we throw around the word innovation a lot, but what does it really mean? How does, how does innovation relate to the work that we do? What does innovation mean to the JAG Corps? So, Captain Barron, what does innovation mean to you? What does it mean to the JAG Corps? I wouldn't say that's a tricky question. I think that's a very open-ended question. I actually love those. Um, what does innovation mean? I think of innovation, um, it's about new ways. It's about new tools, but more broadly and deeply, it's about a mindset. It's actually about a philosophy. Innovation is about a commitment to making things better as you're doing them improving whatever it is that you do in the process of doing it during the flow of the daily grind of events. What can you do to make things better, to improve efficiencies, and get to a better product? Uh, and frankly, our community, our civilians, um, our enlisted, our officers, we really should be good at that. We should be good at innovation because at, at, the, at the start of it, it's about challenging assumptions. Um, seeing around barriers or even better, seeing through barriers. And so I, the, the whole point of the crunch, more specifically, but more broadly, the Innovation Council and our efforts is about fostering innovation. And people frequently ask me, how do we do it? How do we foster innovation? And I would tell them, the most important thing is to listen. When people bring ideas to KM, when I was there in KM, people bring ideas to Code 67. The most important thing leadership can do is to hear people out and to not say no, at least right away. You've got to hear people out, understand what it is they're going to bring to the table, um, and work with them to see if there is merit to the idea. Because from my perspective, innovation is the final, ultimate answer to the, we've always done it this way, 
So we're just going to continue to do it that way. And so when I when I try to uh, when I'm speaking with people who have an idea, a new tool, a new program, an innovative thought or idea, whatever it is, um, I would challenge anyone to say, well, why do we do that? I would ask those people to come right back at me and say, well, why not? That's the spirit of innovation: is challenging the status quo, and and seeing what we can do, um, what we might do, what we ought to do, what we could do, uh, and embracing it and seeing if we can figure it out and make things better. That's what innovation means to me. And you spent some time, sir, on the Article Six inspection team. Um, and I imagine you saw innovation of all shapes and sizes during that experience. Would that be true? Absolutely. It's one of the very best um, uh, unexpected, frankly, unexpected things I did as part of uh, standing up knowledge management is being a, a participant for full, two full cycles of the Article 6 inspections and participating in fostering the development of KM at the local level, but also going after um, those innovative ideas throughout all those engagements. And specifically, I would say the one-on-one -on -one discussions that I had, the focus groups that I was able to chair with a number of the other IG members, uh, those were just fantastic cells of innovation. And we would bring these ideas back with from each of the Article 6 inspections um, and, and try and work with local as well as uh, senior leadership to see how we could get after these good ideas. And so it was just a constant churn of good ideas and that we're trying to actually action now. And so that was a fantastic experience and I think uh, one that will continue as we stress innovation specifically within not only the Article 6 process but even more generally. Great. Does anyone have anything else to add? Yeah, Patty, I'll, I'll add a little bit to it. Um, I, I think piggybacking off a lot of what Matt has said and, and more importantly what he's done, um, there's so many different uh, definitions of innovation, and one that I particularly like is the application of ideas that are novel and useful, and you, the idea that creativity is the ability to generate novel and useful ideas, it's the seed of innovation, but unless it's applied and scaled, it's still just an idea. And so this ties back to sort of the purpose of the Innovation Council and a lot of the work that the members of the Council have done in the past and continue to do as part of the Council is taking those ideas and scaling them, applying them, investing and resourcing them and, and taking them from an idea to something that's actually of useful benefit to the organization, whether it was URAFs was innovation competition and then and then Matt and Code 67 working to invest and bring those to uh, reality and fruition. The JAG crunch, taking those ideas and, and identifying ways in which we can scale and invest in them and, and make them reality. So I think that uh, the big part of innovation is going from that water cooler idea to something that's, that's tangible and, and in place and benefiting and improving the organization and how we do business. So building on that, um, innovation is something that's happening organically all the time. But when we have a challenge like JAG Crunch, we're asking uh, members of the JAG community to uh, sit down and put together tangible proposals um, and then submit those forward. And I wonder if the people listening are worried that they don't really know how to get started. We know innovation is happening all the time, um, but but how do you sort of how do you get the ball rolling and 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 take an idea and uh, and 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 
start thinking about ways to put it into action. So I'm going to turn it over then uh, to Lieutenant Commander Melson and ask you our next question, which is um, how does one begin to innovate? What are some strategies for, for getting started? Thanks. That's a great question. I think it's a uh when you're trying to figure out where should you start, important to keep in mind two themes. Uh, and I lay them out as, you know, one, realizing you're an agent of change, and two, uh, the value of perspective. Uh, so what do I mean by the first one? Um, everybody has a role in the JAG Corps, and I think we get kind of hung up in, in what that role is. But if you realize that those problems you identify uh, in, in your, your work, whatever it is, you can actually change them. Uh, will help lead your thoughts. Uh, the example I like to think of is uh, during an interview with the founder of LegalZoom. He says that uh, the most important decision they made was to realize early on uh, that you could put legal services on an Internet-based platform. Uh, and as soon as everybody on the team agreed that we could actually do that, uh, the, the technical part, the, uh, the planning and the implementation followed. And the second part is with the perspective. Um, we all bring our unique perspectives. Um, some earlier speakers had talked to the, the value of listening. Uh, so, so if you have that problem and you're not sure how to attack it, uh, this is where it helps to go and talk to um, you know the, the sailor that just checked into your organization or that civilian that you've never thought of asking about an issue. Uh, and start by understanding um, new ways to look at an old problem. Uh, and, and I think once once people gain a idea of what the real problem is um, and realize that they can solve it, you can then move on to some of the next concrete steps um, where we start talking about, um, you know, what will we actually need to change if we mapped out this issue. Um, what are the whether it's a resource issue, a organizational issue, or we need a new tool? What do we need to change uh, to tackle this same problem uh, in, in a new and better way? Um, and sometimes that's going to require you're going to have to say, you know, maybe I can't change this at my level, um, but if if the world, uh, if I could be jagged for a day. Uh, and the world were at my doorstep, what would I need to change to make this happen? Uh, and follow the problem through to the end. Uh, I think, unfortunately, we kind of limit ourselves by saying, you know, I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, a legal assistance attorney at a remote office, um, and that prevents us really from thinking through the issue. Uh, so once you've laid out the problem, understand it, uh, follow it through to the end, um, then you can begin to work on the details and figure out um, what would what would you need to move? Uh, would you need to have a, an additional tool that we don't have? Would it help to have a person with a different skill? Uh, and, and those things like that. Um, I think in, in the military we tend to be very good at uh, executing tasks that have been given to us uh, and sometimes forget that uh, we can do that conceptual part. We can actually... Um, think a big picture issue, um, and to kind of refer back to what Captain Barron and uh, Mr. Ward were saying is, you know, say that we don't have to let the status quo stand, um, and uh, we can actually take it upon ourselves to um, plan out uh, ways of changing it. Um, and I think 
to kind of loop back to the first theme I mentioned about the idea of realizing you're an agent of change in perspective. Um, great advice given to me by a senior line officer was, he said, you don't need my permission to lead. Um, and at the end of the day, that's what we're talking about, that leadership isn't about rank or position. It's taking the initiative to see a problem and fix it. Thank you. Um, I wanted to bring that back briefly to, to JAG Crunch. So if I'm a legal assistance attorney, as you mentioned, <clears throat> and I have a really, um, I don't know, uh, an innovative idea, but it seems a little um, a little outrageous, a little a little uh, maybe a pushing pushing the envelope a little bit too far. Uh, should I feel confined by that? You know, should I if I if I have an idea that seems uh, just a little too a step too far? Um, you know, we mentioned ideas big and small, they all matter. But what about those ideas that seem a little bit crazy, a little bit out there? Are those ideas that are welcome for Jag Crunch as well? Yeah, I'd say they absolutely are welcome. Uh, you know, keep in mind, we're just talking about ideas and, and planning. And, you know, sometimes as attorneys, we're very good at spotting issues and problems and, and get ahead of ourselves and stop ourselves before we, you know, propose that great idea or that great solution. You know, if, if you're a, a legal man working in a defense office and you've got a great idea for something that is so far outside of your daily duties, you should by all means submit it to JAG Crunch. Um, the, the whole point of this, uh, to use Mr. O'Rourke's comment, this is supposed to be messy. This is supposed to be about throwing the best ideas out there no matter where they come from or who comes up with them. Uh, and, and let's work them through um, and see where they lead. Okay. Um, another question, um, and this can be for you, Lieutenant Commander Melson, or anybody else who'd like to chime in, is, you know, what are the barriers to innovation? Um, you mentioned a few, I think, in, in your discussion of, of what might stop someone from for perhaps sitting, submitting an idea that could be a good one, but uh, maybe goes a step too far. <clears throat> what are what are some of the barriers, and how can we address them uh, within our JAG community? Sure. Right. I'll say that I think the first and, and biggest barrier we have is, is cultural. Um, you know, look, that we're members of both the legal profession and the military profession, and both of those professions value authority, precedent, gradual change. Um, and, you know, as lawyers, paralegals, civilian specialists, um, we're taught to you know, respect the status quo, you know, the phrase, you know, there's a reason they do things. Um, and that can be good in certain cases. Unfortunately, I think it, it prevents people from sharing good ideas um, uh, really when there's no good reason not to. Um, you know, you look at many of the challenges in, in civilian legal practice, and they're struggling with this idea of uh, so much of the legal practice is identifying problems or, or finding fault with issues that um, will cut things off at the, uh, the roots before uh, they even have a chance to grow. Um, so, so I think uh, we have to, as Captain Barron said, just sort of sit back, take a deep breath, and uh, you know, say yes to ideas that our, our gut reaction might be, that's a little crazy, or 
you know, why is that person uh, with unrelated duties doing that thing? Uh, you know, let's, uh, let's take ideas as they come to us and uh, help them grow. Anyone else want to add to that? Yeah, Patty, I'll say that uh, I think that there there are a lot of barriers and there are, there are real barriers. There are, you know, policy or or funding or those sort of things that that do put limitations uh in what we can and can't do. Uh and then there are the perceived barriers and uh we really have to work to overcome those perceived barriers that, that Commander Melson was talking about. And you know, I kind of analogize it to sort of a, a the science lab in a clean room, right? If you're gonna do a science experiment, you want to go into a clean room so nothing can contaminate that experiment. And innovation in some ways is the same thing. And I think that folks who have an idea and they wanna uh turn that idea into a, a concept, a proposal, a plan of action, something that can actually uh that we can do something with, they have to go into sort of a virtual clean room and, and block out all those that noise, all the perceptions. You know, ignore the idea that oh, this will never get funded, or or oh, my my leadership won't support this, or this idea is too crazy. You have to get rid of all of those those conceptions or perceptions, and focus in a, a virtual clean room and developing that idea into into a plan, and then put it out there and let folks collaborate on it. And I think that's how individually we can overcome some of those cultural and perception barriers. Those real barriers, whether it's funding, policy, technology, whatever it may be, uh, that's where then the Innovation Council can come in and, and help and figure out how do we make it work within the constraints that we have or how do we expand those constraints to make more room for that great idea. Uh, and there's some really smart folks uh, in the organization that are standing by and ready to do that. Um, so I think together we can try to overcome some of those barriers. Yeah, and if I can add to that as well, in his blog post, Admiral Crawford mentioned this week that he had been at uh, the three- and four-star symposium and that um, uh, a naval officer presented to the group an innovative idea that he had, but Admiral Crawford highlighted that, you know, he was really brave and spoke up and said, look, I don't, I'm not sure that the Navy – um, values innovation as much as as uh, it thinks it does, um, you know, and that he pointed to a lack of support, that lots of innovation has to happen on one's own time. Um, and Admiral Crawford sort of realized that, you know, he may very well have a point. Um, so much of our days are spent putting out the fire in front of us at that very moment, um, and we don't feel like we have the time, the energy, the support from leadership to step away and really focus on innovation. Um, and so it will require a larger culture shift. It will require um, additional support from from leadership at all levels uh, in order to really make um, innovation a true priority and to actually execute on the good ideas that are happening every day. Hey, let me let me jump in and, and augment that point. Uh, that's where actually I take heart because we clearly have the leadership in place to drive innovation. Um, we have made time for it at one of our seminal events at the joint at the JAG training symposium to to go after this and go after it really hard. And then finally, on the resourcing front, um, I, I noted in the in the in the post um, that resources may not be necessarily available at the big Navy level. And yet, I, we know from past experience, just these last one or two fiscal cycles, that the the JAG leadership and 
members of this council have been able to marshal and devere resources to execute good ideas and innovative ideas from a number of locations. And so we already have a good track record to show our leadership is engaged. We have a forum, many forums, in fact, to review innovative ideas, and we have a, a dedicated track record and proof that we resource ideas and execute. And that's why I think this next event is just going to continue the good work we've already done over the past several years, um, and people can have confidence that we will follow through and execute because we have already done so in past cycles, and it will only get better. Great, thank you. And I did want to, to build on this um, for another question, <clears throat> which is, so as um, attendees take part in JTS, um, they'll be at, at all levels, these naval officers, and it will, watching JAG Crunch unfold, I think will be an opportunity for them to, um, to see innovation taking place, to better understand what innovation is all about and how it can be done. Um, and hopefully, in addition to bringing forward these great ideas, JAG Crunch will help eliminate going forward what's kind of known as the frozen middle. So that is um, my next question. I'm going to toss it over to Mr. O'Rourke to talk about the frozen middle. It's a term we've heard from the SACNAV Innovation Office. What does it mean and how can we avoid the frozen middle? Yeah, it's a great question, and it really ties back to that that last discussion on the barriers to innovation. And you know, this was a concept uh, that we heard addressed by Monica Hutchins, the uh, the SecNav Chief of Strategy Innovation at at our CLS last fall. And uh, it, it really struck a chord with me, and I, I took some time to sort of look into it and, and make it one of my targets in, in the work that we do here. Basically, it's the idea that leaders at the very top and then the junior to mid-level talent in the organization tend to be the risk takers. Uh, they're the ones that uh, are, are agents of change, as Commander Melson talked about. But those middle managers who are the gateway between those layers tend to be the most conservative in the organization, and, and I mean that generically speaking. The, the frozen middle tends to be most resistant to new ways of doing business and to innovative ideas and perspectives. Uh, part of the reason for that is those folks have worked really hard to gain some respect and value in their standing, and they don't want to jeopardize that status by taking too much risk. And, you know, when you when you look into this concept, a lot of experts, they believe that this is one of the largest impediments that senior leaders face today when they strive to drive innovation across the organization. And so that part of that question you asked is how can we avoid it? And, and I would actually turn that around and say that we shouldn't avoid it. This is something that we should really attack head on, um, that it is a cultural element and, and, and a significant barrier that we want to uh, knock that barrier down to open up the free flow of ideas into uh, programs and into action that, that really has tangible benefit value. So we have to counteract that by inspiring that cultural change at all levels. We've got to reward the risk-taking, including at the middle level. Uh, we've got to motivate those in the frozen middle who are willing to change the status quo and sort of champion and, and push them out there as examples of, of what excellence looks like. Um, and so I think that really comes from leadership, and we, we hear it in the dialogue. We hear it in the guidance and the direction coming from uh, the JAG and the DJAG. And I think that uh, the next level down needs to sort of echo that and, and find ways, recognize the frozen middle in their, their performance evaluations when they take risks. Um, you know, support them even when those risks don't pan out, um, that the, the 
the motivation, the intent, the underlying reasoning for that was valid, um, and give them the, the the space and the sort of latitude uh, to go out and explore those those risky ideas and innovative approaches, um, and let them have the confidence and 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 sort of the understanding that uh, they're, they're not going to be punished for, for taking those risks, uh, that there are mechanisms, there are ways, there is an expectation that they can do so, um, you know, in sort of a, a, a safe, non-attributional way, um, and that they'll be rec recognized and rewarded when they do. I wanted to follow up and ask a question. Um and this can be for Captain Barron or for Mr. O'Rourke, but really anyone on the line. When I hear the word innovation, the first thing that comes to mind is technology. And that's not necessarily what innovation is all about. If I'm going to participate in Jag Crunch, does my proposal have to include some sort of technological advancement? Um, does innovation have to um, have technology as part of the equation, or can it be something different? I'll jump in and answer it. Absolutely does not have to have any technological basis whatsoever. If it does, that's great, but if it doesn't, that's as welcome as well. The battle space here is entirely open, uh, and we are bound by nothing at all. The horizon is out there, so um, I encourage any and all thoughts, technological or otherwise, uh, the door is open, and we're ready for business. Great. Um, I wanted to just allow everybody on the line to give any final thoughts that they might have, um, any any last pearls of wisdom that you can pass along as it relates to, to innovation. I'll, I'll start with one thought is, um, as I went through all the different uh, Article 6 trips over the last two years and uh, talked to people one-on-one -on -one throughout the entire world in the focus groups, et cetera, um, many of them were looking for the opportunity to present on their particular innovative idea. That time has come, and your moment is now. So I would say don't balk. Um, you've asked for it. You got it. This is your chance to make your pitch. Don't let it go by. And that's my final thought. It's a pretty good one. Anyone else have a final thought? Yeah, I'll just add that for um, for any of the listeners out there, even if you don't have a specific idea as a proposal or solution for Jag Crunch or any other uh, you know recommendation, but you have an idea on how we can be better innovative organization, uh, you know, speak up, speak out, speak loudly. Uh, we on the Innovation Council, uh, we don't pretend to have all the, the right ideas and right answers. And we are always looking for and seeking uh, the input from the community that says, hey, Innovation Council, if you focus on this or if you try this, uh, I think that might work. And so not just an innovative, innovative solution, but how can we as an organization and as Innovation Council uh, do better at what we're trying to do? And just to, to supplement that, People are welcome to reach out to any member of the Innovation Council with any idea that they have, but also, Mr. O'Rourke, you have a, a vast network of knowledge management officers out there who are, are looking for those kinds of ideas and, and, uh, and trying to find ways to, to implement them. Is, is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. We have uh, more than 40 uh, KMOs identified uh, formally and informally at, at every level of our organization, and they're really the agents of, of 
the success of the program uh, to date, and, and really innovation is, is a big part of their, their tool bag. And so working through your KMOs, uh, PDOs are another great resource, uh, and just through your, your command and leadership. Um, and, and even within that, just you know, coming directly to the, the Innovation Council, the KM shop, uh, you know, like I said, speak up and speak loudly. Uh, broadcast your message, your idea uh, in all different directions. And, and let whoever uh, can take action with it uh, jump in and get involved. Any other final thoughts? If, if I could jump in real quick, uh, we're talking a lot about innovation. However, there's a lot of people out there that have problems or issues or concerns that they can't identify a problem or a solution to. Uh, don't be afraid to come to us with any uh, problems or or means or processes that you are having difficulty with. There might be somebody out there that can find a solution. When we talked to Ms. Monica Hutchins from the SecNav Innovation Council, we were talking about court reporting. And we might not have a good solution for court reporting, but you look at the medical field, and they do transcription of, of doctor's notes and operations that are ongoing. And you, somebody might have a solution to a problem that you have that didn't realize that was an issue. So don't only come to us with solutions, but come to us with problems as well, and maybe we can help facilitate the solution. Absolutely. That's a great point. There are some, some issues that, that we're not sure how to solve, but there are people out there who may be well-equipped to solve them. So part of what the Innovation Council does is, is help make those connections. Any, final, any more final thoughts? All right. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for participating in this podcast. I hope our listeners found it helpful. I hope they are teeing up some great ideas to uh, share via JagCrunch, or if they're not able to um, put together proposals in time, uh, perhaps down the road to share with members of the Innovation Council or with their knowledge management officers or with others uh, at their command. Um, JTS is by no means the only place in which um, people can share their ideas, their solutions, raise questions, talk about the problems that they're experiencing. The door is always open, so uh, just make your voices heard. And with that, I will close down the podcast, and uh, perhaps you'll hear from more from us down the road um, as we continue to dive into innovation and um, find uh, new ways to, uh, to share good ideas with one another. Thank you so much for listening. You have been listening to JAG Talk, a podcast series featuring Navy JAG community experts. Visit jag.navy.mil for additional chapters of this podcast series. Thank you for tuning in.